Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old Lonesome Road. All right, and thy word shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up, relax, and hold on tight, because here we go. Church on the Road, right here on your favorite radio station. I'm driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue mag Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day Friends, the road is our life, and I've got my partner with me. Hi, my name is Fred Mooney, and I'm excited to be here. Hey, Fred, we got a great guest today. He's an awesome fryer of fish. A fryer of fish? He's the Asian redneck, I've heard. Asian redneck. No, <laughs> another dead. George Thomason. Yeah. Thanks for coming, George. Well, thank you for letting me be here, Gary. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a great ride down the road with these drivers out there. And we're just going to get in the cab and introduce you to our listeners. And we're going to have some music on here. But we're going to find out all about George Thomason. You've got a, a great business right now. You make the best fish in southern Illinois. Well, that's very generous of you to say that. <laughs> but everybody thank you. loves George and everybody loves his fish. Amen. Amen. So, George, tell us a little bit about when you got saved and uh, how you became a f the best fish fryer in southern Illinois. Man, that's a pretty wide, we wide, got, wide topic there, Gary. we got Gary. a wide open, <laughs> wide open door for you to just jump in there. and. and well, let's, let's start out with when I got saved. I was 14 years old and uh, went, was going to a youth group. Uh, my... Uh, best friend his dad was a pastor 
And uh, anyway, I got saved at youth group. Oh, and good. So, All right. Well, let's go back a little farther than that. I, I introduced you as an Asian redneck. Kind of explain that title that you tagged yourself with. Well, I was adopted when I was six months old, and uh, I was adopted by a uh, family that lived in Greenville, Illinois. And yes, they were the uh, they were the picture poster rednecks. <laughs> and so that's that's really all I knew. I didn't even realize that I was uh, I was Asian until I was about twelve. And I looked in the mirror and I thought, I look a little I different. I think you're Asian. <laughs> so you came from what country? I came from Seoul, Korea. Seoul, Korea. yeah. I was born in Seoul, Korea. Okay. And I was adopted when I was six months old. Wow. But you know, Gary, I can still like they say. You know, a lot of people don't may not believe this, but I can. My memory as a child goes back when I was a baby. Wow. Not a whole lot of memory, but I remember the hum of the plane as. I was on the way over here at six months old. Can you yeah. believe that? I've heard you tell that story before. It was yeah. just a real deafening hum. It was yeah. just kind of like a, mm, and wow. just a very cold feeling. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, that sticks in my mind. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you came when you were just six months old, and then you grew up in a, in a redneck home. Yeah, I grew up in, uh, we moved from Greenville to Clay County, and I grew up in Flora, Illinois. Okay, yeah. Yeah. All right. And then you got saved at an early age of 14. 14, yeah, I went to youth group. Uh, actually, I went off and on just occasionally when I was a child, because whenever I was about 10, it was, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of money, and I had this, uh, I had this flat tire on my bicycle, and I, uh, uh, my parents said, well, we're gonna have to wait till the end of the month, because uh, you know everything's expensive. And I was really bummed out. And my friend's uh, uh, father, he uh, worked for a company, and uh, he got me a, a bicycle tire. Wow! And so that was my first real, real exposure to what being a Christian was. Yeah. yeah. So the seeds were being planted. There you go. Right then. There you go. And then you give your life to Christ at 14. At 14. And you've been serving the Lord ever since. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you no. No. Oh, you got away from the God. Well, you as know. As a teenager. There's this thing called 18. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Sometimes it hits at different points, but yeah, and what it was was... It was just a fact of maybe probably not being well-grounded. Amen. And I often wonder, why did I walk away at that time from God? And, you know, I've been, I was re in my reading just earlier this week, and I was sharing with some of the guys at church that we get together for coffee in the morning in John chapter 8, whenever uh, the woman who's about to be stoned, you know, when her accusers, when Jesus tells them, you know, whoever's without sin, uh, let them cast the first stone, and one by one, they walked away. Right. That really hit me, and I thought, why is it that people walk away from God? Well, for one thing, we're so quick to accuse other people of their sins or their problems or how they irritate us. But whenever we need to confront our own issues or we need to reflect on, you know, whatever our problems are, it's easier to walk away from God than to really deal with the issue, repent, you know, and to, and to just get back on track. So you, you did finally get back on track. I did at about age 34. 34? So yeah. you was away from God for I was. quite a few years trying yeah. to live uh, George's life. I was, but, you know, I, I guess in my mind, I, that age-old question— um, at that point throughout that time, what would have happened if something would have happened to me? Yeah. And the answer I guess that I have is, you know, I don't know, but I just know one thing that um, I sure wasn't going to take any chance. <laughs> I had to reaffirm that faith in Christ. Amen. And so, uh, um, and that gives me a confidence of where I would sp spend eternity, you know, should, should my time come. Right. 
Amen. Fish yeah. frying's a dangerous business, Gary. Fish frying, yeah, that grease gets pretty hot. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Well, so at 34, you came back to the Lord and started going to church. Where'd you start going to church at? At Orchardville. Orchardville Church. Yeah. What year was that? That was uh, about... 2000. Yeah. You, yep. Okay. You started coming before I did. Yeah, I was a millennial. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the true millennial, but I, yeah, as a return to church, I was a millennial. Yeah. I remember that very well because that's the year we thought all the computers were going to stop and the world was going to come yeah. to a screeching halt. Prince was partying like it was 1999. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in uh, 2000, you came to Orchardville Church. What brought you to Orchardville Church? Well, some friends of mine, they uh, got me in, uh-huh. and then they, uh, you know, they introduced me to the pastor and everything, and I, I have to say that it was the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I was pretty, still pretty hard and rough and everything, and uh, I really didn't want to be there. Matter of fact, I had been there several years prior to that, maybe six years prior to that, for a wedding. Oh, yeah? And I got out of the car at that wedding, and I threw my cigarette down on the ground and smashed it in the parking lot. What's ironic about that was, uh, fast forward a little bit, about three years after I started going to the church, I actually started uh, started to work at the church and came on staff there. Yeah. I was the one who was having to pick up cigarette butts. <laughs> uh, I heard that. So, uh, yeah, you reap what you sow. There you yeah. go. Oh, that's yeah. good. What goes down comes around. Huh? Yeah. What goes down comes, comes back to George. <laughs> so you became part of the staff. How, how did that come about? Well, I uh, it was kind of odd because... Um, I felt really like that I had been called to minister, but I didn't know what at, compa- what, at what capacity. Well, I was, uh, before this happened, I was at my mom's house working on her house up on a ladder about 16 feet high. And uh, I should have been at the uh, Godstock concert with everybody else because uh, Third Day was playing there in Fairfield at that time. I thought I had more important work to do than that. So. I was on the ladder, and I fell from that ladder, and it broke my neck. Oh, wow. And I was paralyzed from the neck down for about 40, 45 minutes, I'd say. But for whatever reason, God just really came through for me and yeah. and uh, spared me, you know. And I, I by the end of the night, I was able to walk. Wow. Yeah. So you fell off a ladder, broke your neck? Yeah, I landed straight on And you laid there head. for... Well, I, I laid there for quite a while, but I did, wasn't able to... Uh, move. To move. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't feel anything. And then, uh, you know, I, when you're laying there and you're looking up at the sky, you know, it knocked me out. Yeah. And then when you came to, I was looking up and I thought, my first thought was, am I in heaven? <laughs> yeah, I... And then I seen the unfinished work on the soffit of the house, and I thought, no, this ain't heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so did you spend uh, time talking to God in 45 minutes? I had to make the decision, am I going to curse God or am I going to praise him? Yeah. And I chose to praise him. Wow. And that's whenever, shortly after that, I could start feeling my big toe twitch. Yeah. And then that's when I started getting some feeling back in my body. Wow. Okay. So, and so you uh, broke your neck, so you yeah. was out of a job. I was out of, well, I worked at, at uh, Walmart D.C. Yeah. in Olney, and it was a really physical job over there. Right. And I had uh, short-term, long-term disability insurance, yeah. and, um, you know, I went through surgery, and I was going to have a year worth of rehab, and... Um, my work told me, they said, well, you can, you volunteer at that church a lot. They said, that's going to be probably the best rehab that you can do. And so um, at that time, uh, the pastor, he had wanted me to come on staff, but the church really couldn't afford to bring me on yet because we weren't big enough. And uh, we come to this agreement that 
I would come and volunteer and try to get my body rehabbed for one year. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that one year, if the church grew enough, then they could hire me. If they didn't grow, I'd go back to work. At the end of the one year, the church went from about, I think, 250 to about 400. And so um, I went right on staff. And uh, But really, I was uh, I was already there 60 hours a week yeah. wow. through that year of rehab. I learned a lot through that time uh, about leadership, about, you know, the physical aspect of it, of maintenance on the church and everything, but it was more about the people. Amen. You know, Amen. and just showing the love of Christ. Yeah. I remember that uh, that time. That was uh, in the beginnings of the tape ministry that we had at Orchardville Church. It was. Church. I remember going to Texas with you and Carlin and Mark Shell. Yeah. We went, uh, went down there to... Uh, was it Dwayne Sheriff? Dwayne Sheriff's ministry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went down there to check that out and see how what they was doing and how we could improve our ministry. And it, I think it helped us all out. It helped me uh, in my tape ministry and it helped Mark. That's where he got the vision for satellite churches because Dwayne Sheriff was doing satellite churches down there. So, yeah, it changed uh, everything. Well, I can tell you how that trip came about. Uh, I was down in the media room one day, and I was praying and talking to the Lord, and it was like he spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to give you a Dwayne Sheriff-type ministry. You know, I'd listened to a lot of Dwayne Sheriff tapes out on the road as a driver, and I didn't know that much about his ministry, so I searched it on the Internet and found out that he was doing one of the biggest ministries in the, in the country at the time for the truckers. He was doing, I don't know, seems like 20,000 tapes or something like that uh, a month, sending them truck drivers. And I thought, wow, that's pretty wild. And I started searching a little bit more about Dwayne Sheriff's ministry. And uh, I told Mark Shell, the pastor, I felt like God had spoke to me. He was going to give me a, a Dwayne Sheriff type ministry. And he said, well, we need to go. We need to take a trip to Oklahoma and find out what we can about his ministry down there. And that's how that trip came about. I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I shared it with the pastor, and uh, we ended up in Oklahoma. Yeah, and I remember when Mark asked me, he said, do you want to go to Texas with us? I said, the chance to get out of Orchardville? Well, sure. (laughs) Oklahoma. I'm confused here. Is it Texas or Oklahoma? It's Oklahoma. Oh, Okay. (laughs) I was thinking Texas, but it Durant, was Oklahoma. Durant, Oklahoma is where Yeah, we yeah, it was Oklahoma. It yeah. was Oklahoma. It was almost Texas. That was a long time ago. <laughs> that was, uh, what year was that? I don't know, but I, I mean, I t- 100% respect Dwayne Sheriff, but I got to be honest with you, all the way down there, you know, us being from where we're at, we was all on the way down there. We was going, I shot the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shoot that deputy. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're still human. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. We had a good trip, didn't we? We did. Yeah. I remember on that trip, we even we went from just being a, a you know a, a small growing church in Orchardville in the country to on that trip, we started dreaming about um, doing lots of tapes, CDs, yeah. and about actually starting a production company, yeah. writing our own music yeah. and recording and everything. Well, Gary, voila, here you are. <laughs> we talked about a radio station. Yeah, radio station. <laughs> uh, and uh, here we are, yeah. Yeah, and Mark Shell said, uh, we talked about TV too, and Mark yeah. said, uh, I've really got a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also uh, got a chance to introduce Mark to uh, Tony Mack on that trip. We listened to Tony yeah, Mack's testimony on the way down there. And uh, then Tony Mack ended up coming to Orchardville Church several, several times. Yes. So, yeah, it was, it was a very fruitful trip and a very fruitful time for not only uh, each one of us, but our Orchardville Church and now Lonesome Road Ministry. I think that trip helped us to, I think, learn to dream. Yeah. Get a vision. Yeah. Increase yeah. our vision yeah. is yeah. what we was doing. Right. I mean, Mark had a great vision, but he increased that vision for Orchardville Church, and, and he, he taught all of us to increase our vision. I read a lot by uh, Rick Warren, uh, 
And he says, God will give you something to do that's too big for you to do by yourself. And that's the way you know it's God. Yeah. And I think to, to realize the big dream, you got to have a big vision. Amen. It's always good to, I think, no matter what you're into, whether it's business, whether it's in the ministry, or or I, I hate to even separate business and ministry out, I mean, because they, they go hand in hand, especially with my business, but um, getting out and seeing somebody else who's doing something on another level just yeah. really expands your horizons and can help you... Uh, really widen your vision amen yeah well i think to grow in anything you have to have a teachable spirit and i was sitting here thinking that just shows you how important church growth is because uh and i've said it many times today to have a a great church you got to have a great staff Amen. Well, speaking of visions, uh, George, you was the maintenance guy then. I was the maintenance guy. And then you went on and became associate pastor. Uh, Well, I had several different (laughs) titles. You had a lot of titles. Uh, Well, there one time you had more hats on than you could. Yeah, it was care director, but yeah, you ended up associate pastor and then interim pastor there for a bit. And um, and then so people asked me, they said, how long did you work at the church? And I said, well, that's that's debatable. I worked at the church from the day that I walked in the doors. There you go. And when I say worked, I served at the church from the day that I walked in the doors. I got paid from the church the last 16 years. Right. Yeah. And so there's... <laughs> he was on staff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a paid and, staff. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, you know, that, that word work or serve is, is kind of debatable. Yeah. But, um, and then, uh, you know, I'm 58, getting ready to turn 59 this year, and I, there's so many young people coming up in the ministry. I wanted to be able to not quit serving, Right. But to continue to serve, but to not get paid anymore, I I started this business. I actually started fish frying years before that, uh, just occasionally here right. and there. Yeah. And people asked me, they said, "How did you get into the fish business?" You know, as it's actually other people is wanting to wanting to do it too. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I'll tell you how." I said, first thing you got to do is you need to make, build a relationship and make friends with two good old fishermen. There you go. And I said, you build that relationship over years, and they kind of teach you how to fry fish. <laughs> and then you put your own spin on it, and you continue to learn, and you keep what's important important. There you go. And it's not about just you know frying fish, or it's not about making money. It's about the people. Yeah. And how you affect other people, you know. Yeah. That is such a great way to learn. I mean, everything I've learned in this life, I've had to learn from somebody else. This Because I come up pre-internet, and the old days you found the guy that could do it the very best that was willing to share his secrets with you. Now you get a YouTube video. So have you got a YouTube video out there, George, teach somebody how to fry fish? I, I don't. <laughs> I think that's probably wise. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, I guess it was a lot about having a mentor. Exactly. You know, and regardless of whether it's frying fish or your walk with Christ, having a good mentor is, is really, really, really important. Amen. Uh, we, we, in the church world, we tend to call it discipleship. Discipleship, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. And we all went under under the tutelage of uh, Mark Schoen, yeah. and that was a great thing. It yeah. was. I yeah. learned a lot of things from Pastor Mark. My first lesson that I had about working at, the, at a church and in the ministry actually originated from Fred Mooney. <laughs> okay. Fred said, there's three G's that will take a minister down, and you need to, be, you need to watch out for that. The three G's. Okay. The, the girls, the gold, or the glory. You need to stay away <laughs> from right. those three G's. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's good advice for all these uh, pastors out there that might be listening today. Well, you know, there's, there's many times we can all probably sit here and think of somebody that had their hand to the plow— and they look back, 
and they misplaced Jesus, mm. and they got away from the Lord. It doesn't mean they were originally a bad person. Oh, it no. means they made bad choices. Exactly. You know? yeah. and, um, and I think about that today, about people like you, George. I've known you for a long, long time, ever since you come to Orchardville, and you've served tirelessly. Same thing with Gary Rabin. I, I tell people about Gary Rabin. I said, you know, I donate every Friday to come here and help Gary out. And I said, he's the only guy I know that's give away 2 million CDs. Wow. Do you know anybody else that's ever given away <laughs> 2 million CDs? I mean, he could be in, probably be in the Guinness World Book of Records there. Going back to Dwayne Sheriff, he's probably given away probably as many or more yeah. than, than I have. And that's what God spoke to me that time. It was going to be a Dwayne Sheriff type ministry. It didn't say it was going to be like it or uh, it was just, it was going to be spreading the gospel all across this country. And here we are in Kings, Illinois. I don't know what the population is, but uh, it can't be much. <laughs> It's probably about like Orchardville. <laughs> yeah, Orchardville, 70 people, I think. We got a post office, though. Well, we do have a post office. Here in Keynes. And I think the reason why we keep it is because Gary mails all those CDs <laughs> out of this post office. Well, that is, I think that's probably right. That may be it. Well, there's nobody in the in the hip-hop world that's given away, oh, no. <laughs> no. away their stuff like well, that. You stop and think about that. Uh, I played music in the secular world for a good 10, 12 years. At that time, you could be a one-hit wonder. If you, if you sold a million records, you could live the rest of your life off of that fame there. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's true today, but back then, there was a lot of people that they had one hit, and you never, you never heard from them again, but they was playing <laughs> the rest of their life out of that one hit. Well, uh, we started out with cassette tapes, went to CDs, and now we're doing podcast cards and that's we were starting to make quite a few of those. So uh, all together, we're probably right at three million right now, counting the tapes, uh, CDs, and the cards. So. You know those podcasts are really neat. I listened to one yesterday when I was taking taking a veteran to the Evansville VA hospital, and uh, I could listen to it and drive, and <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought, man, this is this is great. And I didn't have to. The vehicle I had did not have a CD player in it. It's a new vehicle, and so I got on my phone, called up the podcast. and There you go. That's what we want to encourage you truckers to do is start using those podcasts now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the reason we come out with the cards, because the new vehicles do not have CD players. You got a CD player, George? I don't. Oh, I don't. See there? No. You need a podcast And neither card. do I have a new vehicle, so... <laughs> I was gonna say that, that you got Lincoln, a cassette tape player. That that fifty nine Lincoln sitting out there had got a cassette. No, yeah. I got a two thousand and seven oh, Lincoln okay. Town Car. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you're yeah. still driving Lincoln. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess it does have a CD player in it, but it don't work. It don't work. It don't okay. work. No. <laughs> you know what? We need. We haven't heard a song yet. We ought to hear a song from uh, who? Fred? From our good friend Joe Arvey. Our friend and partner here at Lonesome Road Ministries, Joe Arview. He has a very unique way of getting his messages out, and he writes them in a lot of his songs, and he sings a lot of great messages in songs. And here's one that I love, and I know you're going to love it too. I love Joe's music, and I, I love him because he is the real deal. He is the real deal. He writes his own music, and here's a song that he wrote. I just can't help myself But to be the way I am Some things I just can't help Just the man I am But when you walk away It's more than I can stand Lord, 
give me the strength to be a better man. And I know I can do better. I want to be someone I'm not. Lord, I'll try. And I'll try. I'll give it all I got. I can't live without you. I can't stand to be apart. And I know I must have broke your heart. If you'll take me by my hand You'll make me a better man I lose my cool And you're the one there to see I'm like some raging fool Not the man I ought to be But you know my love is true If you'll just give me this chance Let me prove to you That I can be a better man to the to the frying the fish george uh you talked about a mentor and you talked about having good fishermen yeah on your side who there uh, was two of them okay and tell that us. was don tucker and mike bookout okay yeah i know both of those yes two good two don, great men don yeah. tucker is my brother-in-law yes he is <laughs> <laughs> i know him well he's one of my best friends and so was mike bookout and uh me and mike we both served together at uh at orchardville uh, for many years and yeah. that's where he he taught me how to fry fish his way and the or- origins of it spurred out of i think from down south in mississippi so that's why mine's a, a southern style fried fish that's got a little bit of cajun flair to it but not too spicy uh-huh yeah however uh this last year i did something oh no what you did i started frying chicken 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 <laughs> my chicken it uh it it actually comes out almost identical to chick-fil-a Really? Yeah. That's just as good. good. Just That's as some good. pretty good chicken. It is. <laughs> so on uh, certain places this year, it's going to be Georgie's fish and, and chicken. chicken. Oh. Georgie's fried fish and chicken. It's good to know that uh, there's somebody like you out there that's give you a good, honest portion of fish. And if 
if they got a problem, you can help point them towards Jesus and help them. So I have this uh, some uh, friends over at Salem, and uh, she has a uh, a craft business, and she makes signs and stuff like that. Her business is called the Country Palace, and she made me this little sign that I screwed over the top of my window seal that says, "If you need prayer, let George know." And so it's been really pretty amazing because uh, there's hardly a week goes by that I'm out frying fish that somebody doesn't come to the window and ask me to pray for them. And so uh, I always ask them, would you like me to pray for you right now? And I don't care if I've got a line waiting or, or what, we'll just pray right then. There was a car show that I was doing over in Olney uh, last year, and I had a line of probably 30 people. There was a gentleman that came up, and uh, he said, "He said, hey, would you pray for me? And he was having some health issues. And so I prayed for him right there. Next person in line said, hey, I've got this problem. He said, would you pray for me? So we, we had a prayer line there at the car show at my food trailer. Sounds awesome to me. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like uh, you need some of our uh, CDs and and podcast cards. I have some. Okay, you're you're already handing them out. Yeah. Well, thank you, George. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. When you pray for somebody like that, and then you put something in their hand that they can listen to, it just makes that prayer even more powerful, I think. Well, George, you've preached uh, a lot of messages at uh, Orchardville Church. I mean, you was, like I said, you was associate pastor and interim pastor and and you used to preach every once in a while when, uh, before you as a pastor, even. I remember. I probably preached more as the maintenance guy than yeah, I Yeah, you did preached as, as the a maintenance associate guy. pastor. <laughs> you did. You preached a lot as a maintenance guy. There's uh, something about fixing broken toilets that makes you a better pastor, isn't it? Well, you get real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. I think that's one of the keys, though, is just to be no matter what you're doing is to just be who you are and there to be you. real yeah be you know and and uh you know I, if i'm going to listen to somebody preach i want them to be legit you know i don't want i don't want anything fake or anything like that i want them to be who they are and um and just and who god has made them and intended them to be you know yeah yeah you know speaking of being real one time you shared a story with me uh, about a pit bull. Do you remember that story? I remember that story. Beware of dogs. That's a long story, Fred. It is. It is a long story. Yeah, I got. Well, I'm not going to get into the story, but yeah, oh, I did okay. get. I did get you attacked. Did get by, attacked. I got attacked you? by a pit bull on the groin. Yeah, that's. Uh, that was one of my favorite sermons that we had up there at Orchardville. And one of the stories that I remember, stories or sermons that you preached at Orchardville, goes way back. Uh, I can't remember what year it was. It might have been in cassette tape days. I don't remember. Oh, my. That's been a while back. It's been a while back. But the story was, the title that we hung on it was, Have You Ever Been Hogging? That's talking about fishing. (laughs) Well, do you know that was the first time I ever spoke at Orchardville? Okay, well that that still sticks in my mind. I loved that that story that you told. Do you remember that sermon? I do. Uh, I remember that very That's, well. Uh, me and Wes Hutchcraft, Tony Young, and Mark Miller. Uh, Wes took us out, and we went hogging down at Wren Lake on the old uh, sunken road uh, off of mm-hmm. Thirty Seven. There, yeah, yeah. That was just a that was a a really fun time, but it was actually a really spiritual time. At that, that was a, one of the first uh, experiences of uh, of just kind of uh, men fellowship that I had there at the church. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of men out there listening right now. Can you share some of that? Uh the highlight of that story do you do you remember well wrong? at at that time you know we were the church was growing but we were still only like we were still probably at about 130 people 140 people and uh i got introduced to Wes Hutchcraft he had been uh hogging since he was a kid he he asked us guys if we wanted to go and we said yeah and so we got there and it was really scary 
<laughs> I, mean, I, I thought it was I thought it was just going to be pretty easy, but it was really scary. Well, now hogging you you stick your hand down there in a hole, right? So what we did was we we were we were hogging underneath the old road. So their old thirty seven is sunk underneath Wren Lake there, and the water washes out underneath the road and it creates these cavities. But there would be more than one entrance to it and everything. And Wes had said, uh, said we got to work together on this. We were probably three feet down, and he said, you got to put your legs and your hands and your knees in here and block these holes, and then I can get in there and get the fish out. He said, you got to get knee to knee on this thing and get these holes blocked. It just hit me right then. I mean, we were just all, us guys were just working together. It didn't matter who grabbed the fish, but we were working together. And he said, you got to get knee to knee on this thing. We got to get really close here. And and we were just working together. And and Mark Miller pulled out a fish that weighed, uh, I think, 27 or 29 pounds. That's a big catfish. It was. And I, I thought... You know, this is the same way, because we were trying to grow our kids' church and everything, and the, the real focus was on, on kids and young people and everything, but, but all ages. And I thought, you know, this is the way we need to be at church. We need to work together on this to, to accomplish the Great Commission. Better together. Yeah. And so, and it wasn't about who got the credit. It wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything other than being able to accomplish what we set out to do. And whether it's winning the lost or whether it was getting that fish, it was the same principle of us just working together, not expecting anything in return, but just trying to get the job done. So evidently you got some fish. We did. We did. And in the same token, as a church, we began to reach the lost. People were getting saved. And we use the term the church grew, but it was really more about just seeing the lost one. Amen. Exactly. Yeah, we we started reaching a lot of people just yeah. like working together, just like what you're talking about. When we all work together for one cause, God will bless everything yes. that we touch. And he did, and he still is. He blessed you that day. You've got a lot of fish, but you also got a great message out of that. And speaking of great messages, our friend and partner here at Lonesome Road Ministry, Joe Arview, he writes some of the best songs that you'll ever hear. And here's a song he wrote called Walking in God's Will. And that's what we're talking about. Most of us spend our lives searching desperately What does life have for us, our fate or destiny? Jesus came from heaven and died upon a hill wasn't searching for an answer He was walking in God's will Don't look up When your answer's kneeling down Don't fly high When your walk with God is close to the ground Don't give up When the path you chose Leaves you unfulfilled You'll only find your answers When you're walking in God's Most of us walk with God 
like some kind of dance Out of step and out of time Never paid the man Jesus has his hand out If you'd like to come and walk He'll lead your steps to glory When your eyes are on his cross Don't look up When your answer's kneeling down And don't fly high When your walk with God Is closer to the ground Don't give up When the path you chose Leaves you unfulfilled You'll only find the answers When you're walking in God's will Yes, you'll only find God's answers if you're walking in his will. That's Joe Rview, and you can contact Joe at 618-927-1986 or log on to his website, joerview.com, and order some of his great music or book him for your church or your Christian event. Joe would love to hear from you. So, George, uh, you resigned recently from being the associate pastor. And, and let me, let me uh, tell the audience a little bit about that. Whenever you say I resigned, um, it was about a two-year plan on <laughs> me transitioning yeah. out of, uh, of payroll. Right. And so it wasn't an, an abrupt leaving or anything like that it was just uh just a very very smooth transitioning of me exiting out of payroll yeah and uh and i still attend the church and everything so uh it was it was just really really a a good transition yeah and a different chapter in my life you know and people have asked me even the question they and (laughs) they've said you know um why did you get out of ministry and i I almost take offense to that, <laughs> and as I always, my reply is always, "I'm not out of ministry. Right. I'm just not having to be paid for it right now. Yeah, because I have other means of income right now. Yeah, yeah. You've you transitioned from associate pastor to your food truck and a brand new ministry, just like what yes. you're talking about. You're making yourself available for prayer and the people that come through the truck and you get a you get to pray with a lot of people. I do and uh and you know I don't know what's ahead of me right now. Yeah. You know, there's there's I'm not sure what the future brings and so I just I'm gonna leave the the leading of the Holy Spirit and God's guidance here on this and you know who knows who knows what the future is going to hold. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I've never seen anybody resign and and take two years and doing take it. two years to do it <laughs> and plan and have ahead, it, have it planned out for two years. But you knew what you knew what God was leading you to do, and yes. you and you just followed the yes. leading of the Holy Spirit. And the there was the congregation and the leadership of the church. They all knew, and they knew yeah. what the plan was, and so it just made for a really easy transition. Yeah, and uh, I've got to say, uh, the church wasn't hurt one bit by that. In fact, if anything, it was better because so many times you'll have somebody resign abruptly, and then that makes room for leaves a hole. Yeah. But it was very smooth the way he did it, and he'd shared it with me probably a year and a half before he did it. And I thought, I've never seen anybody <laughs> anybody uh, transition out any smoother. And the church, uh, church is doing great. Yeah. I mean, we're coming back from COVID, and we're growing every day. Amen. Amen. And I'm very thankful for the pastor we have right now, uh, Rick Hayes. And uh, but I'm also thankful for all the pastors that we've had 
previously, mm-hmm. and I've learned from each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very thankful for for all the pastors who have been at at the church and everything. You can either complain about life or you can learn from life, and yeah. that's what I've I've always tried to do is to learn. Yeah, George, you know this program we like to have fun. Right. We like to laugh and cut up. But we also like to get really serious with our listeners out there because there's so many listeners out there that listen to our program and they don't get a chance to go to church. They may not have that personal relationship with the Lord, but they're seeking, they're looking, they're wanting that personal relationship that we all have and know. So what I want to ask you right now, there's listeners out there right now that might not even know Jesus as their Savior, but I want you to share a short message with them and then ask them if they will accept Jesus as their Savior. Lead them in a sinner's prayer, if you okay. will. Okay. Well, the, the message is very simple. Um, we supply the sinner, and he supplies the Savior. Amen. And, you know, one not one of us is better than the other. We've all sinned. Uh, the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And... Um, I've fell short so many times, and there's been so many times, even through the times when I worked at the church, where I just nearly needed to cry out to God, and just just like Peter when he was sinking, uh, when he tried to walk on the water, and he cried out, Lord, save me. Uh, If that's you, and you're sinking, and you realize that you need a Savior, just cry out to him right now, Lord, save me. So let's, uh, if that's you out there right now, and you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, or whether you've fallen away from him like I did, uh, I'm going to lead you in a sinner's prayer right now. If you would, just pray after me and believe it in your own heart, wholeheartedly. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, I just ask you to forgive me. I know I've done wrong. I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, but I know that you're the Savior. Lord, I give you my whole heart. Lord, help me to live the way that you want me to live. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me to forgive others. God, I just just want to make you the Lord of my life. And I just thank you for this today. And God, I just, I'm really anticipating what you're going to do in my life. Lord, help to make me a better better person. Help me to represent you. Help me to show others your love and lead others to you. Lord, I just thank you for this today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And if you you prayed that and you really meant it in your heart, you are a born-again believer. You are in the family of Christ right now. Gotta be a man and work and make a family and home. Read your Bible every day and don't forget to pray. Learn to take your licks when you are wrong. But I left my daddy's farm. Place where I was born I had this Roman fever in my blood I had to try and fly But no rhyme or reason why But I just couldn't outrun my daddy's love Now the more I keep climbing on this ladder of success The more afraid I get I might fall And after all these years i find my daddy still knows best I'm here today He 
standing tall I guess my daddy had the answer after all I'm standing here today To lay him in the grave Just an old man With an out-of-style tie I guess what hurts me most Is now I'll never know All the wisdom That died here in his mind now the more I keep a climbing on this ladder of success The more afraid I get I might fall And after all these years I find my daddy still knows best Even in the grave he's standing tall Guess my daddy had the answer after all Yes, my daddy had the answer after all And if you've prayed that, we would love to hear from you. We've got some material we'd love to send you. Call Lonesome Road Radio at 618-383-2107. We thank you for tuning in today, and we thank George Thomason for being here with us. Thank you, guys. Love Jesus. Love your neighbor. Love your family. Love fish. And love fish. There you go. And if you're ever in the area and you see Georgie's fried fish, take it from somebody that knows it's some of the best fish you'll ever eat. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope. Eighteen wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read. His words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you in the cab and you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web you can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page so check it out and if you ask jesus christ into your heart then give us a call and let us know been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree those 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news Wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees 
Tree. 